it shows the need that is in people's lives in this time of year. And I know that Christmas season, I mean, we think about the Christmas season, and man, I love Christmas, I do. I, I don't, I mean, I don't like the cold, but I enjoy this season. I like the presents, I like the decorations, the trees, the lights. By and large, all of these things tend to focus on the fact that Christmas is a joyous season. It's a happy time. You know, I mean, um, we don't just say holiday or Christmas. Generally, either one of those words in conjunction to this season of the year is, is preceded by some type of word of joyfulness like Merry Christmas or Happy Holiday. It's, it's tied back to this idea that the Christmas season is supposed to be a joyous season. And that's what we're starting our Christmas series on today. We're talking about joy to the world. Joy to the world. And today it is my task to talk about that word joy. And for some people, that is a very difficult word to discuss. Matter of fact, it is statistically proven through counseling centers and psychologists that this time of year is one of the most depressed time of year for many people. They even make statements that, that people taking their own lives increases during this particular time of year. There are so many things tied to this season. It's supposed to be a happy time of year. It's supposed to be a joyous time of year. But, but as people recognize the, the things in their life, Perhaps some losses. Perhaps they don't feel like they can participate in the merry Christmas. In this happy, joyous time of year. Perhaps there are things going on in their life that aren't so happy. And this time of year seems to exasperate that. It seems to, it seems to increase the measure of unhappiness in people's lives. The great poet Merle Haggard sings a not-so-joyous Christmas tale titled, If We Make It Through December. Included in the words of this song story about a family that has fallen on hard times are these, I don't mean to hate December, it's meant to be the happy time of year. But my little girl don't understand why daddy can't afford no Christmas here. If we make it through December, everything's going to be all right, I know. If we can just make it through December. There are a lot of people, whether it be because they have suffered the loss of of people in their life or the loss of possessions in their life or whatever it may be, this time of year for them isn't necessarily so joyous. I mean, I can think about it in my own life. My, my mom loved the Christmas season and there was just something about Christmas that, man, she just really 
she really gravitated to. It was her, it was her time of the year. Growing up in our family, we didn't have a lot. And as a result of that, my mom many times found herself just kind of making do through this particular time of year. There were several of us kids. There were five all together. There was Christmas tree. We always decorated this Christmas tree. And had, um, this particular week, we were in my dad's and he no longer puts up the tree that we used to put up, the bigger tree with all of the decorations. This particular year, my sister Melinda brought to Thanksgiving this little bitty short tree that almost, almost looks like, like almost as bad as Charlie Brown's Christmas tree, you know? And Melinda looked at Sandy and I. Sandy is the sister right above me. Uh, she looked at Sandy and I, and she said, I brought the tree. You guys go out in the shed and find the decorations. So Sandy and I found ourselves out there. We opened the doors, figured out how to get in there. And Daddy had told us that, that the box of decorations for the tree are up on the second shelf inside this. You have to get up. You have to climb up there and get up there on the second level. And the box of Christmas decorations are up there and stuffed up there as well as the old Christmas tree. And and I pull this box down, this uh, rubber-made box. I pull it down, and we pop the lid off of it, and we recognize that there are way too many ornaments in this box for this tree. Melinda had given us specific instructions. She said, I really want you to try to find the decorations that we made. <laughs> and so inside this box of decorations was an old cardboard box and we popped the old cardboard box open and inside this cardboard box were the decorations that we made. They were separated out from the other ornaments that you buy in a store and these were more special because every year my mom would have us add to the collection of decorated toilet paper rolls. Now, I know I'm just offending some of your highfalutinists, but my family decorated a Christmas tree with toilet paper rolls. Some of you are nodding your head like you were raised in that same poor family. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know the, the little plastic roll that keeps the toilet paper wound? Or not plastic, the cardboard. You know when you get to the end of it, you're left with the cardboard thing? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You're all looking at me like, is he talking about toilet paper? So you pull all the, you, you know, you get to the end of the roll, and there's this cardboard little tube. You follow, you, you following with me? And my mom thought it was a great idea to decorate that with Christmas paper. Oh, some of you, some of you know, and punch two holes in it and tie yarn from one hole to the other hole. And it makes the world's greatest Christmas ornament. Now, we're talking poor, aren't we? We, we? You know, this is the box of Christmas ornaments Melinda wanted for the tree. And so we bring this one small box in that houses all of the homemade Christmas decorations and these little great-grandchildren of my dad now are standing around the tree and they're, 
they're putting these very special, very special ornaments. You got to be careful. They're expensive. They're not expensive. They're not expensive with money. I mean, I'd, I'd really question how in the world, what kind of glue and, and tape did my mom use? I mean, I'm trying to figure out how in the world the, the Christmas wrapping paper stayed on these things all these years. I mean, I'm 48. And finally, in the bottom of that box, they pulled out a little gold Christmas ball and written in red glitter was the rough handwriting of a five-year-old boy who took some glue with the help, obviously, probably of his mother and wrote his name in Elmer's glue on this one plastic Christmas ball and sprinkled red glitter. And the name on that one ball is Rob. And we all have one. These are the special, this is the special box. And my mom loved this time of year, and she's been gone now for almost a decade. And it's hard in that moment not to feel a tinge of nostalgia. It's very difficult in that moment not to feel some sorrow as these great grandchildren, ones that my mom never had the opportunity to meet, are now decorating this very small Christmas tree in the living room of her house with the decorations of her creation with her children so many years ago. See, it's things like that that pull at the heart. They pull at the heart of this thing called Merry Christmas. And some people can't absorb that very well in their life. There are so many regrets and so, so many memories that flood the mind and it kind of has a tendency to take the joy out of the Christmas season. This doesn't take a prophetic moment for me to say that there are families in our church that this year has been a very difficult year for you financially. Oh, you wish upon years past when Money seemed to just flow in so easily. But for whatever reason, this particular year has been very difficult in that area. And you've had to kind of, had to kind of tone things back to just be able to meet the present needs of the house. And now you're stuck at the prospect of a Christmas season without a bonus or a Christmas season without, without that extra stash of cash that, that would have made it in your heart so much more special but now you're facing that there are fewer presents and there are fewer things to give and, and to some people that is so unsettling that it removes all of the joy out of Christmas some are facing the prospect of this Christmas season having lost particular relationships in your life and friends perhaps perhaps they 
have turned their back on you this year. Perhaps this has just been a weird year for that in your life. And, and you used to just enjoy celebrating the Christmas season with these particular people. But now those people are no longer in your life. And you're standing at the prospect of a Christmas season. And stuff like that just has a tendency to just sort of take the merry out of Christmas. And I find myself tasked today, tasked to speak to us about this idea of joy and the recognition that our joy may not come from presence or it may not derive itself out of relationships or our joy may not be seated in family reunions because in this earthly sense, the circle has been broken. I know in a heavenly sense, the circle is still there and it's unbroken there. But here, the circle has been broken and you're suffering with the pain of loss. And I'm standing here today tasked to tell you that you should be happy during Christmas. And people push back at that and say, what's there to be happy for? And so as... Simple as it may seem to stand up here today and preach a message about joy. You can see the difficulty for the messenger. Because the messenger has to speak a message concerning joy to those whom joy is not yet present. And to tell you today that, that there should be a shift in your life. And this is, this is really... What I, what I want to speak to you, that, that if we can't derive full joy out of decorations and we can't find joy within the confines of the presence or the traditions or the family or the friends, if we can't find joy in these ways, then where in the world do we find our Christmas joy? Where does Christmas joy come from? if it doesn't come from these commercial things. I mean, the television is screaming at us. The television is telling us that the lights is where the joy is. The television is telling us that the possessions are where the joy is. The television is screaming at us that, that, it's, the, that it's the gathering of people, and yet the reality of life for many people is that none of those things are producing Christmas joy. Yeah, I mean, you won't see any Christmas commercials with frowns on people's faces. You won't see Christmas commercials with someone sitting alone. So I knock on our heartstrings today, and I tell us that there is, there is a place where Christmas joy originates. And it's not from any of those things I've just mentioned, although, man, I'm, I, I like the presents, I like the traditions, I like the family gatherings most of the time. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, except my white is sand. White as sand, not, not, you know, I'm, I'm dreaming of that. I'm thinking 
about that. I like, I like all of that. But if none of that is where joy derives itself from in the season, then we, then we must find that place of joy. Because I will stand boldly and tell us today that God is highly interested in us being happy. God is highly interested in you being happy. I mean, believe it or not, He's not up in heaven hoping you have a bad day. He wants you to find joy. I think we have to go back to the declaration of the angels in Luke chapter 2, verse number 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were terrified. See, that's, that's the, the deal, is that here is a group of people right on the, right on the precipice of, of this fantastic thing that's about to happen to the world, and their initial response to that is terror. And there are a lot of people that are terrified. A lot of people are singing with Merle Haggard, if we can just make it through December. If we just make it through December. And they stand with this fear in their heart and this, this not being able to answer the questions of life. But I want you to notice the 10th verse. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I mean, let's just kind of hang our hat on that for about 35 or 40 seconds. The message of Christmas is not a message of fear. I mean, when I think about, uh, you know, I grew up in a pretty... Trying to be nice. I mean, I grew up in a, in a conservative environment that was so conservative that it was almost hostile. I mean, in the regards that, man, we lived a lot of time in fear. I mean, we felt like, and this is just an honest expression of, of, of how I felt, you know, growing up and even into my adulthood and even into my ministry. That, I mean, I questioned whether or not I was safe. I questioned whether or not God loved me. I questioned whether or not I could ever do enough to please God. And you kind of live in this fear that, that it's like God is just going to get you. You know, and you just live and you never have this assurance. There was never this assurance that, you know what, man, I'm saved and God loves me. That was almost like a byword, you know. I mean, I can remember, now I'm off track. I can remember back in the day, we used to sing a song. Are y'all, are you okay? We used to sing that song. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. Because he what? He calls me friend, that's right. Been a long time. Not showing my age. I'm just showing my beauty. Well, man, we were saying, I'm a friend of God. And I can remember sitting, listen, I can remember sitting around tables with, with preachers in that denomination that were very, almost angry at that song. I can't believe we'd sing a song, I am a friend of God, he calls me friend. He don't call me friend. I'm not God's friend. That's just demeaning God. Okay. Yeah, we believe that. We believe that. We didn't see God as being friendly to us. So to them, it's like, you know, we call him Lord, we call him Master, we call him, we call him all of these other things, but, 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 
But God doesn't call me friend. God ain't looking for no friendship. I remember that one. Well, I'm just weirding some of you out, aren't I? I mean, I'm glad that I woke up and, and, and realized that actually, no, I am a friend of God. That I am not an enemy of God, and God is not an enemy of me. And you have, to, you have to step into this. Okay, come on, somebody help me. You have to step into this reality that God's not out to get me. God's not out to hate me. God's not just hoping I mess up so he can send me to hell. God loves me. I'm not only his friend, I'm his child. God died for me. The word of God said that Jesus gave his life for me while I was still a sinner. That God drew first blood. That God made that decision. That I'm going to love you even though you are incapable of loving me. I'm going to love you. And because I love you, now you can love me. And it's not a message of fear. You do not have to live your life in fear of God. You do not have to live your life wondering if God cares for you. You don't have to live your life wondering if God is going to smash you. God's not out to smash you. The word of the Lord declares he's not willing that any should perish. The willingness of the heart of God is to love you and to take care of you and to tend you. The word of God is so explicit concerning this that God's love is so vast and so amazing that we can listen to the message of the angel and the first word that comes to the shepherds were do not be afraid. And that's the first word that needs to come to all of us in this Christmas season, that no matter what you're facing, no matter what the new year holds, no matter what's going on around you in your circumstances, you do not have to live your life in fear. Why? Because there is an answer in Christ for you. The angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. The message of Christ is good news. It's not sorrowful news. It's not, oh my, God's going to get you news. The message of Christ is good news. And listen, that will cause great joy for all people. I am so thankful that I'm in all, hallelujah, I'm thankful that I'm a part of that group and I'm thankful to be able to preach to us today that the God we serve has good news for you and the good news is the origin of great joy. That this Christmas story The reality of this Christmas moment is that we can shift our focus that a Savior has been born. Look at this. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Away in the manger was this baby. And this baby came to bring joy. That our joy is not derived from lights or presents or traditions or people. But our joy is derived from this understanding that there is good news for us in our life because Christ is here there is hope. Because Christ is here, there is the potential for peace. Because Christ is here, there is the potential for joy in our life. And if we could just recognize that the Christ of Christmas is the origin of the joy, we can make it through December. So you say, Pastor, how do I get this? 
Well, I think the Word of God is, again, very explicit concerning how you get this. Look at just one passage, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with His Spirit. He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. See, the joy that comes from Christ is a joy that originates in our faith, that something has got to see him just a little different. We've got to see the whole story just a little different. We've got to recognize that Christ came to me to bring me joy. In my inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. This says, I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the measure of all the fullness of God. Our inner being being, our inner being being strengthened. Being strengthened as Christ dwells in our heart by faith goes beyond knowledge you can't necessarily know it you just have to believe it that my faith is a declaration of the power and the strength of Christ working in my life and when I don't understand all of the peripherals I can stand very firm in this one understanding that Christ came with good news that would bring great joy. Can I just say this real plainly to somebody? You can have a Merry Christmas because Jesus is on your side. <laughs> He's on your side. You say, but Pastor, do you know what I've been through? I've been through some stuff too, and it's very easy to question, isn't it? I've stood in dark places. Even this year, I've stood in moments where I almost had to just fold my arm and say, God, where in the world are you in this? Where are you in this? This makes absolutely no sense to me. Come on. Does it hurt you to have somebody be so blunt about that? I've crossed my arms even this year in 2015 and thought to myself, where's God? Really? How many ever just said, really? I mean, seriously? What do you do in those moments? You refocus your faith that no matter what I'm going through, I serve a good God who's going to bring me through it, and I will make it through December. (laughs) Not only that, I'm going to make it beyond December. Hallelujah. Because no matter what I'm facing, Christ came with good news that brings great joy. When Jesus is on your side, anything is possible. When Jesus is on your side, Anything is overcomable. Every doubt, every fear, every darkness you can overcome because Jesus Christ said, I have overcome the world for you. I've already done it. And that's the source of joy. The source of joy is our faith in Christ. Would you stand with me?